Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 8.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. from James chapter 2 verses 14 through 28. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but you do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was it not our ancestor Abraham who was justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, And faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. To be completely and utterly honest with you, this is a difficult text in Christianity. And it is so because it is part of a long dialogue that is now centuries upon centuries and pushing two full millennia about whether or not we are saved by faith alone. Martin Luther said yes. He put forth the doctrine of sola fide, by faith alone are we saved. And he had so much trouble with James that he actually considered cutting it out of the Protestant canon. Because James is telling us something that doesn't quite resonate the way we understand. That even today we understand that it is by our faith alone in Jesus Christ that we are saved from the guilt of our sins. Nothing we can do can earn our salvation. Nothing we can do can make our salvation possible. Even our faith is a gift from God. And yet, James is directing us to something very vital, something crucial to the life of a Christian. And that is that our faith must have form. If our faith is sequestered so that it only exists within our minds and in our hearts and in the privacy of our own being, then we are not fulfilling our faith. Our faith has been truncated before it fully bears its fruit, and Jesus has great expectation for our faith. Jesus commands that we will bear fruit. He says to those who would listen to him that those who follow him will bear fruit not just three times or ten times, but a hundred times fold. That our faith should make us capable of doing incredible things. Simply magnificent things for the glory of God. And Jesus said this explicitly to his apostles. He said to them, there are those who are coming who will do things greater than I have. 
And I think to myself, greater than you? You fed thousands of people with some young boy's lunch. Some fish and some bread fed thousands. And there were leftovers. And we're supposed to do that? I'm supposed to do that? Absolutely. We are going to do more than that. On the Saturday after Easter, we are going to gather here and we are going to pack meals so that we can rise against hunger and we will feed 10,000, 20,000 people exponentially what Jesus did. All in the name of Jesus Christ because our faith is that strong. We will gather and do this. And we think to ourselves, but that's one thing and that's because so many of us are working together and that is precisely the point. That by faith we draw together. By faith, eight persons today joined our family. By faith, we are now able to do even more than we could before. Our faith enables us to give more. It enables us to receive God's grace and to pass that along. It enables us to do more than we would ever do as one single person. And it enables us to do things on a scale and for such a long period of time that we could not do if our faith didn't keep burning and pushing us onward toward the kingdom. This morning when I came into my office, I looked at my mail and I had a letter from Comfort Care. And all during the month of February, we were putting money in those baby bottles. And then I had the children come and bless those bottles. And today I found out that we raised over $1,200 in baby bottles. Amen. We were able to do that, and the letter stated that Crozet United Methodist Church and over 40 other churches have already raised $21,000. Now, we filled a baby bottle or two in my house, and I can guarantee you that it wasn't $1,200 worth. And I can certainly guarantee you that it wasn't $21,000 worth. We are able to do together what we could never do alone. Our faith enables us to draw close to one another and so draw closer to the Lord. Our faith enables us to move in directions that we would be too frightened and fearful to move any other way. But because of Jesus Christ liberating us from the burden of our sin and death, we can use our faith to do miraculous things in accordance with God's will and to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. And we think to ourselves, you know, there are people who are amazing. You know, we hear the stories of the people who feel called to mission work and they sell everything they have and they give the money to the mission and then they move across the world and they go into places like Africa and Asia and they're building homes and churches and hospitals and schools and doing all of these incredible things. We're not all called to be Mother Teresa in Bangladesh. There are people who need to encounter our faith and God's presence in us right here in Crozet. There are people right here in our church, in our homes, in our neighborhood who need to see our faith in action. Because it's not enough to just hand somebody a, somebody a Bible and say, here, read about Jesus. It's not enough to just say, here, go listen to a pastor. Instead, they want to encounter Jesus Christ in you. And your faith makes that possible. I believe that every day God opens up space for us to use our faith. 
every single day. And sometimes it only feels like it's that much and you're trying to figure out how you're going to get your hips through there. But every day, God is making space and our faith will fling wide the doors. Our faith will enable us to walk through those tiny little crevices and bring Jesus Christ to bear in this world. And it's about a choice that we make. When God opens space, are we by faith going to walk through? Because you never know what's on the other side. You never know what you're going to encounter. And sometimes you encounter things that are frightening. Sometimes you encounter things that are so tragic and sad you don't know what to do. But sometimes, and I think it's more than half the time, what you encounter on the other side is the opportunity to take your rightful place in the kingdom and love somebody, give them hope, show them the light of Jesus Christ, and plant seeds of faith in another human being. So this Thursday evening that just passed, I received an email from a former church member at my last church whose daughter got married and I performed the wedding. And she sent me the email late that night and she said, Erica and Evan, they had a baby named Wyatt. And Erica and Wyatt are not doing well. They're doing so poorly that they had to be moved from the hospital in Lynchburg to UVA Medical Center. And Wyatt's in the NICU and he's not doing well. Would you pray? Yes, absolutely, I will pray. So I wrote her back and I said, I'm praying now. I will continue to be in prayer for them. I said, here is my cell phone number. If they need anything or they would like a visit, please let me know. God be with you. And so Friday morning, right after I finished my yoga class, I had a voicemail and I answered it. And sure enough, it was Evan. And he said, we're here. We would love to see you. Please come and visit us. Here's the room where we are. We're here. I'm here all day. You can call me back. So now I have an opportunity, but I'm in yoga gear and it's my day off. And there's piles of laundry I've already sorted that need to be washed. And so I call him back because there's something nudging inside of me that says call him back. And I call him back and I said, look, I just got out of yoga. I'm getting dressed. I can be over there in about 20 minutes, but I'm going to have to park and it'll be at least 30 minutes before I get to you. Is that okay? Yes, come as soon as you can. And so I get over to UVA and I get up into the room and there's Erica and Evan and they are so happy that I am there. And they start to tell me the story. They start to tell me that a couple days before Wyatt's birth had looked normal. But that due to irregularities in the physical body, that birth was not progressing as it should have, and he aspirated merconium. And that they think that there might have been a lack of oxygen to the brain, and they were worried about brain damage. And so to stop any brain damage, and perhaps even reverse it, they transported him on an emergency basis from Lynchburg, where they were living, here to UVA, and they had put him on a cooling blanket. They had lowered his body temperature all the way down to 92 degrees. And that he was down in the NICU and would I go and would I pray over him? Show me the way. And so we went down there and in the midst of all of these children fighting for their lives in various states of incubation and care, there was little Wyatt. And he had all of these wires and these tubes and he was all wrapped up in his hands and his feet were purple from the cold. And I watched these parents agonizing over the fact that they had never held their child. And he was so cold. And he was shivering. 
And I watched this incredible, miraculous moment. As Erica, his mother, would speak to him, he would just go all limp. He would relax into the sound of her voice that he had been listening to in the womb. And she could bring him this peace just by talking to him. And then his dad would talk to him, and he would get so excited. He would get all excited, and he actually put his fist up in the air like, Yeah, Dad. And then his mom would talk to him again, and he would calm down. And we weren't supposed to be touching him very much because we were not trying to warm him up. We were trying to keep him in this state of cold. And so I said, I'm just going to let my hands hover over him and pray for him. And so I did. I prayed that God would infuse him with the Holy Spirit, that God would send healing power upon the doctors and the nurses and the medical staff, and that the promise of his birth would be fulfilled, that this child would grow in strength and grace and love and wisdom, and that he would not only survive but thrive. And I watched them as they had to hold their hands back because they couldn't pick up and embrace their child. And we went back up to the room, and there were other friends and family gathered. And there we prayed again, and I prayed that they would have strength and comfort, that they would get some rest, and that they would have the Holy Spirit sustain them through this arduous journey of healing, and that they would see God's work brought to fruition. And then I left, and I had told them that if they needed anything else that I would be happy to do that. And Erica took me by the arm and she said, will you come back? And I said, I will. I will come back and I will see you again. I said, and I'm going to bring you a blanket. I said, my church has this incredible ministry and we have people who are gifted in knitting and I will bring you back this blanket which we have blessed in worship. And when you can finally hold your baby, you can swaddle him in this tangible sign of God's love and God's people's prayers. And so I will take this back to them because this morning they began to bring his body back up to room temperature. And the hope is that this evening this family will finally get to hold their child. And none of that might have happened if I had thought to myself, you know, it's my faith and my Friday. And I have things to do and my family deserves clean clothes. And I really do need to take a rest every now and then. It had been a long, exhausting week. But the truth is that Erica and Evan and Wyatt don't have a church. They don't have a family of faith. And so in their moment of need, they looked for somebody that they knew and that they trusted. And I happened to be that person. And by the grace of God, I happened to be like 20 minutes away. And so I went there. But... I can't knit this blanket. It will never look like this if I do it. And this is because some good, wonderful Christian took their gift and made this. And when we talk about provenient grace in the church, it's the movement of God's grace before we ever need it. Before that baby was born, this blanket was not only knitted and completed, we had already blessed it in our service of healing. And it will go to them, and they will be able to use it, and hopefully years from now, they will tell the story of this blanket, and Wyatt will be able to read for himself this tag that says, ironically, may you feel the warmth and care of God's love.
from the prayer shawl ministry of Crozet United Methodist Church. Because I do believe that God is not through with Wyatt. I believe that God is going to do incredible things for that family. And because of all of you who have blessed this blanket in our worship service, because of the one who made it and the one who was willing to take it, three more people are going to have an opportunity to find their own faith. That's what it means to let our faith take form. If I had said, today's really not a good day, I really have a lot of things going on, Wyatt might have been just fine. After all, there are chaplains at UVA. There are people who could have prayed with them. But I can tell you right now that the person that was most affected was me. I needed to see that. I needed to watch once more as God's incredible power was at work and moving and healing and helping. I needed my faith rejuvenated by the fact that our faith is not just something beautiful that we sing. Our faith is not just an incredible worship where we gather with people that I really enjoy and who patiently listen to me for some reason I cannot understand. But instead, that our faith makes a difference. It means something. It changes lives. Think of all of the hymns and the songs that we sing that if some Christian hadn't felt the faith to that point that they had to articulate it and put it to song, we would be denied the opportunity to sing words like, here I am, Lord. Is it I? I have heard you calling in the night. And I will go, Lord, if you lead me. And I will hold your people in my heart. In this season of Lent, as we are seeking how we can better serve Jesus Christ, how we can grow even now as we edge ever closer to Easter, this is our time to look and see where our faith can find its form, where in our words, in our lives, our actions, our deeds, our giving, where we can do incredible things. Already, you have given over $3,100 to Rise Against Hunger. And I have faith that we are going to get to our goal of $7,500. So that on the Sunday after Easter, I can stand here and give glory to God that God's people once more fed thousands and thousands of people just as Jesus Christ proclaimed, declared, and challenged us to do. Because I have seen your faith. I have felt it move me. And I have watched it move others. And God has called us to take that power. And like the human voice and our instruments, to let it resonate in the world. And if we all have a little bit of a different pitch, and a little bit of a different tune, there is someone whose heart is receptive to your call. And your faith will resonate with them in a way that transforms them and brings their faith to fruition. Let this be our purpose, our goal, and for God's glory. May it be so in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. 
We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.